Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Chelsea, keeping you up to date on the latest news from Stamford Bridge. Match recaps, previews, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com. It's the London is Blue podcast. Here's your hosts, Brandon, Dan, and Nick. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another Europa League. Wait, no, just just another normal, um, you know, Chelsea podcast kind of thing that we're we're doing here late in the end of the season. Dan, it's uh, yo mixed feelings after today, our our last midweek match of the season. Yeah, there, there's no mixed feelings today. I think there's a lot of anger a lot of frustration and and you know what like i think we actually lost nick somehow um i believe he has found himself inside of a whiskey bottle last i heard brandon but um i think he chose the right approach to uh, how to confident you know uh how to put himself through a this draw that absolutely feels like a massive loss yeah i mean like you put it, it's about a 30 million pound loss uh so <laughs> chalk that up in the L column. I know also it's it's been a shitty week, right? Like Man City now have the trophy. No more champions of England. Uh, now you, have the goals record as well. They do. Season. Wins record. 
Um, and obviously, Chelsea seem to be farther away. You know, all that hope that we've been building to in the last few matches just shattered against the freaking Terriers. So we'll we'll get into more of that, but. It even, is the hope that kills, Brandon. It always it is. is the hope. But it's also why we, we love it so much. So anyways, we don't have Nick, as we prefaced uh, earlier, legitimately lost somewhere uh, in a bottle. But we do have Mike of Rainier Blues. Mike has been a fantastic partner with us in the pod, obviously helping us with our graphics game, producing the episodes as well. So uh, a huge welcome to our first-timer, Mike. That's two first-time guests in one week. So don't worry, you didn't have to be the first of them, Mike. Oh, that's good. And, you know, it really can't get worse uh, than it already is today, right? Exactly. You know, we're just yeah, going to... I think to, the, to those people who listen with their children around, uh, and, and we know that there are a few, uh, this will definitely have an E rating. And we just want to advertise at the beginning that uh, you might wait till you finish dropping them off at school before you complete listening to the rest of this. Yeah, we're talking to yeah. you, Matt. You know, I know how you like to listen to the pod and take the kids to school. Uh, all right, Dan, no iTunes reviews for Sunday, but we're getting close to the big three double O. Yeah, you know, we had a lot of people leave some reviews uh, at the end of last week with uh, without a name. So thank you for all those you know who just did it out of the kindness of their hearts. But hey, you know what? We'd love to give a shout out at the beginning of the show to anyone who drops a iTunes review. We have... 288 total in the u.s store right now and that is just super humbling in a lot of different ways but you know let's uh let's make this season worth something uh, other than a reopa league spot and uh you know we'd love to kind of maybe hit 300 by the time the season's over so that's really just 12 of you 12 of the people you you listening right now i'm in your left ear or your right ear or i'm coming into you for a surround sound system um <laughs> you should you yes you uh go leave a review right now five stars get a shout out all right well we did have some interesting uh comments obviously today after the match a lot of emotions swirling around uh we have at the best pml saying let's have an intra squad friendly between the blues and the u.s men's national team i can get hellaciously drunk and think about all the footy failure we've experienced this season domestically and internationally not cool uh, but that's the worst of both worlds. I mean, thankfully, Nick isn't here to just run himself into the wall repeatedly over these two defeats. I mean, Mike, I know, obviously, you being in the Pacific Northwest, huge men's national team hub. Uh, it's uh, it's tough for American fans of, of the sport this season. What the heck, man? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's super disappointing. And I think, I mean, there's always expectations. And I tried to look at the World Cup as, you know, um, better to not qualify than get absolutely slaughtered and embarrassed the way we would have been had we qualified with uh, Bruce Arena's team and poor selections. But um, I think that, you know, when you look at it, it comes down to, you know, the teams that we love couldn't perform for 90 minutes when it all mattered. They couldn't find a goal. And I think as a fan and somebody who cares about both of those, it's just, that's hard to swallow, you know? It's just hundred percent. Yeah. 
No, no worries. We don't have to dig in too deep. It's just, again, you know, a lot of our audiences out of the U.S. It's been a, it's been a rough season, you know, to say the least. So, anyways, before we get into the match review, as always, we do like to give a shout out to World Soccer Shop. Super simple. Dan, they are doing that uh, Road to Russia bracket going on. Uh, really, really cool kind of interactive fan engagement thing. So, you know, just check it out, really. Wow, thank you for taking the entire ad break away from me. Um, But yes, uh, worldsoccershop.com. They're doing a little uh, bit of a bracket type of experience. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, rounds of Russia. You can get a chance to... uh, Put your kind of knowledge and test it against others, and uh, you know we're not using other brackets right now. Like that's uh, that's the bracket we're going to use. Uh, so head over to worldsoccershop.com and you can navigate to it from there. It felt good. I've never done an ad break. You guys always get them. So sorry, Nick's not here. I tried to sneak one in. So <laughs> all right, well here we go. Match review time. Huddersfield Town in the Premier League at Stamford Bridge. Blues one, Terriers one. Predi- score predictions that were correct. Ha <laughs> ha. Don't even want to go there. So. Dan, lineup time. Crazy. Conte talked about switches, but I did not see this lineup coming. Yeah, he busted out the Play-Doh and decided to really get crazy with this lineup. Puts Willie Caballero in with Thibaut Courtois having a back injury. We get to see uh, Rudiger Christensen returns. Danish Prince has uh, found a way to negotiate his uh, extradition from the island he had been placed on. Uh, next to Azpilicueta wearing the captain's band. You move forward. You had the chance to see uh, Zappa Costa come in for Moses. Alonso maintains his spot. Thank goodness he's uh, had a nose for things today. Uh, Cesc Fabregas, N'Golo Kante, and William make up the remainder of the midfield. And then Morata and Pedro were the other two selections, leaving us with a bench of Eduardo, Gary Cahill, Ross Barkley, and Nizard. That's right, on the bench. Uh, Bakayoko. Victor Moses and Giroud. So, uh, yeah, Mike, um, we left our two best attacking threats on the bench to start a game against a team that only needed a point to guarantee themselves safety. And uh, the wonderment of having a second year of Premier League football, that didn't seem like the right decision. No, I got to agree. I mean, (laughs) you know, when it's all on the line, I know that every Chelsea fan would definitely uh, bench Olivier and uh, Hazard. Um, plus, you yeah, know, why not? Makes total sense. You know, I mean, and, and Fabregas on two days rest, you know, after playing 88 minutes, you know, that's that's my that's my choice, too. I promise we'll dig into that. Uh, kind of interesting or not that we had five Spaniards in the lineup. Just something to make note of potentially if you want. Uh, but from a stats perspective, I mean, Chelsea had 78 percent of the ball, five shots on target, 22 total shot over a thousand touches, over 800 passes all to the Terriers two shots on target, three total shots, 459 touches, 242 passes to our 827. Like this just goes to show you how the game went. From a a stats perspective, this paints a very, very accurate picture. Um, But before we get into that, we do have a couple goals. So uh, the first one coming in the 50th minute, Depotois, French, whatever. Um, Anyways, coming to you, Mike. Uh, Assist, Caballero question mark I mean does he get that I don't know it was a mad scramble at the top of the box it didn't look pretty yeah I mean I think if we're going to give out assist you might want to give it to William first um I don't I don't follow uh Caballero I mean he his game is based off coming off his line quickly and it's worked for us uh in in cup matches and everything else I think that you know 
had it been De Gea or Lloris or Ederson getting a, a high boot like that, play would have stopped immediately. So I think it's just bullshit in my opinion but so you're you're saying that the other person who deserves an assist for this is lee mason for allowing play to continue for a similar challenge that Mane had on ederson and received either it was a yellow and he had it was a second yellow and ejection from the game or a straight red i don't remember which one but i very vividly remember that collision and this looked eerily similar to that one yeah, I would, I would agree. But I would just say that I think Mane's boot was fully extended, so that was the first thing to make contact. I don't know, Depotois, it was a full body-to-body contact. It was just not good. Like The the problem Caballero had is he's at the top of the box running forward, so he knows he can't use his hands, and he knows the ball's bouncing, so Depotois is going to try to chip him. So he's in the worst possible situation. Anytime you put a goalkeeper outside of the box without her hands, like, is not pretty and that's exactly what we saw i mean there's a couple different things in the in this build-up that you could play but man that we should never have been in that situation so it's one-on-one uh christensen stepped to put depotois off sides rudiker stayed back and kept him on and then wasn't able to chase him down i mean it was literally like three errors in a row that led to that terrible situation um unfortunately uh, 65th minute though as we're talking about slapstick comedy uh, Alonzo's face with the goal assist Zonka question mark <laughs> I mean two very illegitimate assists Dan well you know it, uh, it's nice to see some hilarious luck go our way at one point I just wish the luck had continued whether it be for uh, Christensen's header or Rudiger's chance or Williams' chance or any one of the other 22 shots that Chelsea took this match. Well, if we go ahead and get into the details of breaking this down, we got I got an awesome message from Topher on Facebook saying, please, for the love of God, on the next episode, be the voice of reason. The Europa League need not be the end of the world. In my opinion, we get to see how our youth and loanies will actually stack up in a grinder of a competition. Uh, Topher, my man, I will always be the voice of reason on this podcast. Don't you worry about it. But it's going to be tough today, specifically because I think we should go into the lineup, right? Antonio Conte told us on Sunday and again yesterday on Tuesday that he was going to break our souls and rotate the squad. And he he did it, Dan. I mean... uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So let's go ahead and rewind to when the lineup came out. What was your initial reaction for kind of the biggest surprise or like the biggest change where you're like, uh, I don't, I don't like that. I mean, can you, if you had to pick one, which was the one you're most concerned about? Well, I think it's I, I was like the living embodiment of that uh, the the gifts where people are like seeing the numbers go in front of their face and they're like trying to count on their fingers to understand like the computations that cause this to be the end product. Um, but I mean, I just couldn't believe that we were starting in his art like that. That was a absolute shock to me, considering how amazing he looked against Liverpool. And I get he played a phenomenal game, was getting hacked the entire time. And you should, in most you know, most opportunities, uh, playing a team like Huddersfield, a, a bottom part of the table team, you should be able to rest a player occasionally and uh, not have to call on them because you should have a squad of players that are capable of doing the business. However, uh, as we've seen this season, he is our leading goal scorer. 
you know, the, the second leading goal scorer is struggling in a mighty, mighty way. And Olivier Giroud is the third highest goalkeeper, you know, goal scoring player. So you're telling me that essentially we're going to put one of our best goal scorers on the pitch against a team that knowing we only have one point to play for is going to defend like nobody's business. Like they were going to rent the Jose Mourinho party bus and just put it right in front of the goal, which is what they did. And I, I don't know, Mike, but like to me, it, it just, it, it didn't seem like we set up to be successful at doing what we were going to need to do, which was attack and win this game after having done the business against Liverpool. And that was supposed to be the tough game, not this one. Yeah, I, I got to agree. I mean, I think top to bottom, the, the lineup was, I, I had issues with it. You know, e- even with the point of bringing in, you know, Christensen, who's been, you know, absent for a long time and paired with Zappacosta. It just, I don't know. I, I, this is not in a must win game for us. This is not who, you know, you know, this is not who it, I would have started. It, I, I, I can't was... understand it. To me, this this lineup was very questionable, and I, I think you know we could talk about season wide blame. We can talk about stretches of blame, but I would say that as the individual who puts the names on the team sheet, this is one part of the match that Antonio Conte got fucking wrong. And I say that like just you you think about the fact that. Our expected goal total in the first half was 0.35. All right. So we should have scored less, just over a third of a goal. In the second half, it was 1.9. And so, and that was after we put on substitutions like Nazard and Drew. So, very clear that we could have gone at Huddersfield the way we were going at the end of the game to make something happen. And we probably would have won the game. So this is like one of those times where the stats and the eye test are telling you the same story, that the lineup was not right. And I, I would plant a flag on that hill and die on it if someone was saying that like this was the best lineup we could have fielded or this was going to be an opportunity to be successful or we needed to rotate the players. There are two, you know, two Premier League games left for us in the end of the season in an FA Cup final. And there's plenty of time between them to rest. Yeah. I, I just didn't, I didn't get it, Brandon. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. look, you've got Fabregas, William, Morata, and Pedro. You're telling me that those four can't break down the 17th, now 16th worst team in the Premier League? Like the amount not of, this season? No, okay, okay. not this not season. Today. You know that what's he? So, okay, there's part of that form is in there, but like on an off day, like this shouldn't be an issue. But I mean, I get end of season. There's some differences in motivation for Huddersfield. They knew they only needed a point, but it, to me, the fact is their goal was a fluke, and the fact that Chelsea, I mean, the save at the end from their goalkeeper Lossel, uh, you know, when he had to change direction and go off of Christensen's header was fantastic, but we had so many scrambles in the boxes. I, I thought we were terrible on, on corner kicks, personally, but yeah, it, it's massively disappointing. I You know, I, it's not the strongest lineup, absolutely not, and I get that, but to me, I just, I couldn't believe that a 50 million striker um you know Fabregas and Pedro with their trophies and William in form just couldn't break these guys down even though you know they were defending with nine which I can understand but but just uh, the amount of times that Conte wouldn't change the lineup last season 
or yeah. changing the lineup when things were going right. And this was the, like, I just, why yeah. was this no, the I moment where you had to go change the lineup? Like I, that doesn't, that doesn't jive with the footprint of how he's operated as a manager for us, where he has favored stability and he has favored keeping players in position. Like did, you know, Cahill need a day off? Like probably not. You know, he's a professional athlete and, you know, it, it just screams to me of like looking ahead and thinking we kind of got this or I can get this over the line with, with this. And that I think the majority of this particular loss has to be owned on the chin by Conte for setting the team up to not be successful. I mean, but, you know, potentially, like I said, it's hard to know when we're not at Cobb and we don't know what condition Hazard is in. You assume Giroux is fine. Um, you know, Bakioko not playing when he's just finding form. Like, I get it. There's a lot of interesting questions there. Um, if Giroux and Hazard can come on at like 53 and 57 minutes, you assume they're good to go from the beginning. Um, unfortunately, Courtois is an injury that's out of his hands. And it is a big step down from Caballero. I know some people are like, oh, he's a good keeper. We should just bring in a young guy to back him up next season. Like, no. Caballero is no, not a, a starting Premier League quality goalkeeper. He's good in the cup. Uh, anyway, some lineup hot text from Turbyville, J Tape, Earth Muggle, Grandmaster J on Instagram. On Twitter, we had at Cruzlord, at Matthew WH, at Don Batshuai, and at Jared Andre. All of them just saying, like, you know, what the hell is going on with the lineup? Why do we make changes? Um, you know, when a game that means so much and it was the last match at home, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but you know, I don't know it, in hindsight, it's, it's very easy to make that assumption. So, um, it's it just, it's, unfor- I don't know. It sucks. It was, it was a tough game to watch obviously because there's so many chances, so many opportunities, but man, that has been a consistent thing for Chelsea this season is not being clinical and goal, which was a massive loss for us today. So kind of staying on this topic but but switching the conversation a little bit uh, in a few short in a few short days most fans have completely shut the door on supporting Conte staying even if that door was only just you know open the smallest amount um, Mike do you share any of your anger towards the board of directors with the signings that were made this summer and winter or do you feel like Conte shoulders the majority of the blame for missing Champions League this season now just to clarify I'm not talking about today in an isolation I'm saying overall this season yeah well, you know I was actually putting a lot of thought into this last night and um, I was thinking more about you know, Conte being the shell of the manager that he was last year than he is now. And and when you look at, you know, kind of the way that Jose flamed out as well, s- something's happening. We, we're taking, we are allowing managers to achieve success and win the league. And then the, the year following it, something happens and the love is lost and, and it just, it all falls apart. And, and you know, I place the blame on Conte for his lineups. I, you know, I got to reiterate that I don't know in what parallel universe you would live in to think that this is the lineup that you would put out. And, and I think very much so I've heard a lot of people, you know, when the lineups have previously been questioned that, well, we're winning. So it works. We've been lucky and it hasn't worked great. And we've squeaked through. And I just, there has to be, I'm praying that the board is making changes to somehow take that that the right manager and allow them to have continued success, not just you know the league, but 
multiple years of continued success. So that's that's where I'm at. So so Dan, I actually was listening to the Chels podcast today. Gary Hayes, who's been on ours plenty of times, um, and they actually had uh, Naz on as a guest. So pretty interesting in that. And that talks about this, and they're saying that this is all the first time that we haven't had Steve Holland is kind of an English number two that's been around a long time. I again, I don't want to you know frame your answer for you, but that's just also another variable that's kind of being tossed around by the the long term season ticket holders as well. Is that you know there has been no continuity on this coaching staff for the first time like since before Ancelotti and Ray Wilkins. Yeah, I think when Conte goes at the end of the season and Chelsea step back from this, it's going to be an opportunity to look at just a complete organizational failing. And I, I don't, I, I say that and it hurts to say that. I don't think it's easy to come on, you know, our show or anywhere and talk about how you, your beloved club, you know, really just shat the bed. You know, this was a issue where, you know, all parties had to be fully bought in and committed to the plan and to know what the plan was and, you know, operate with that understanding. And, you know, whether you're the person coming out at week after week talking about, you know, an austerity program being run at the club, whether you're if you're the people identifying and, and selecting people like Danny Drinkwater, um, Ross Barkley as, you know, wonderful squad signings for the club whether you're the players who maybe are maybe not giving everything they need to be giving over a period of games there is a lot of blame to be thrown around right now and it's very easy because you know Conte is the public face of the club for him to draw the entirety of the ire and I don't think that's fair but I do think he shoulders a lot of it to the points that, that Mike made. And I think you're going to need to see some level of integration of Chelsea men or you know Chelsea born and bred individuals step back into the kind of organizational structure. Because I believe in an alternate universe where if we had sacked Antonio Conte for whatever amount that it cost and placed an interim manager in during the middle of the season, we wouldn't be talking about the fact that we are not going to make the top four. We're not, you know, in competition for the FA cup. Um, we would have probably made top four. We would have probably qualified, um, for the champions league. We would have potentially gone further in the champions league. And I mean, again, you could also say that when you fire him, those things don't happen. Um, but I think there was an opportunity to do something and rather than pay it out and place someone in, we decided to try to get to the end of the marriage until the kids, you know, wait until the kids turn 18 before we divorced. Um, and that didn't work out really well for anybody. Yeah. So much for saving face, right? So we had E Barlow fifteen on Instagram just letting the emotion fly raw. I and he says, I have so much faith with the man Conte, but I finally said it out loud. Conte, what the fuck, man? But realistically, he's wanting to leave. Might be due to the board's upper management. I don't know, but seems like he wants out rather than to stay. 
But man, you got to start the informed players. It's no effing around right now. You might as well start David Luiz up top and drink water and gold for the FA Cup final with this decision making. At Swift oh. underscore Kieran oh. six saying, just why? What has gone on for the whole season? What has gone wrong? Conta in or out? Is it our transfer? Is our transfer policy screwed? I've got lots more questions, so DM me if you need more. Hit him up. He's got questions for days, and we all do this season. I mean. Not, you know, the FA Cup final is great, but it's not the ambitions of the club. It's it's European success and, and domestic success in the league. And we don't have that right now. And this is where we have to do, as you said, a lot of soul searching. I also firmly believe that the only reason Antonio Conte is still at the helm is because it is rumored that it would cost Chelsea nine million pounds this season to terminate his contract. And then you have to go pay someone else six, seven, eight to sign them the following season and it over doubles what essentially you're budgeted for and i know chelsea seem to be one of the only teams following financial fair play in england but they are we can't change it so um that's at least my take on why is conte still there i mean he showed plenty of emotion at liverpool he showed emotion today um but you know the team just has not been clinical and we've had a lot of balance issues uh, that's what that's my take kind of on the whole situation but if we want to turn this up a little bit and get it juicy and really controversial as if the first two weren't enough um we can pivot oh, no, they, 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 people will probably enjoy those first two. I'm, I'm, sure. I'm sure there's some good quotables <laughs> we're, there. we're gonna try to take the direction of the spotlight off of antonio conte since that's all we've been doing for the first half an hour and and how about this one looking at the teams above us do you think that we're actually better than any of them Personally, I think we're better than Man United and Spurs. Not Liverpool or City, though. Don't at me. Seriously, right? I think that... No, you should, you should directly tweet at Brandon <laughs> your thoughts I think, for when that happens. Like, I think our balance is off, and we ro- rotated our back line way too much this season, and our midfield, anytime we had two in there, it was a disaster because one of them was Sesk. But I still think we were better than those. Like how United is going to finish the season second blows my mind. They have had so many internal issues. Their defense is shocking. They have a world-class goalkeeper. They have a good striker, not amazing. Pogba hasn't done much. I mean, the way I look at it is like Sanchez hasn't even really performed for them. I, I realistically, it is the worst, ugliest second place finish like in the history of the league. But of course, they'll take it and go with it. So I don't know. What do you guys think as far as the, the, the four teams above us, like on, on Chelsea's day this season with everything in there, do you think that we're better than any of them? Mike, I'm gonna let you go first, buddy. <laughs> um, you know, in in years past, I would say yes. Um, I really struggle. You know, uh, you know, are we talking about head to head competition? Or are we talking about you know killing the little teams? Because if you look at those those other squads, they have a field day against the little guys, and you know, in classic Chelsea fashion, we seem to really struggle in these games. Um, I do blame. I do blame Conte for that. I think that, you know, had you wanted to rest players that you, you go with a stacked lineup and you score three goals in 20 minutes and then you rest people. But, um, I really struggle. I mean, I think, you know, I think we match well, um, especially looking at United with the FA cup. But, but again, it, to me, I'm more worried about who we, the starting 11 we put on the field than, than what, you know, Jose Mourinho is going to put out there. Because I, I just I can't get into the mind of Conte and understand his his managing. 
Yeah. That's, You'd be able to answer a lot of questions for people if you could. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he thinks in Italian, though, so you're going to have to translate. Yeah. Um, man, I, I don't know. I mean, there, there's one, obviously, otherworldly team. You know, when Manchester City is a full 20 points ahead of United right now with a, one game left, United does have one in hand. They play tomorrow. I mean, that that is exceptional, and they are so far. They're almost, like, into orbit and about to start just circling the planet. And then you have, like, the rest of us um, who are maybe, like, the, um, you know, more kind of uh, lower-hanging satellites just kind of hanging around and looking up at the stars still. Um, I don't feel like we are better than any of those teams right now. And I, I say that in kind of the consideration that we don't score, um, even though there's about a five goal gap between the two. And this is like this is not a good United team. This is we have seen really good United teams in our lifetime, um, not a ton recently, but um, this is not a good United team. And and their fans don't enjoy a lot of the end product either. So uh, you, you'll never hear the end of that. Um, Tottenham know how to score. They play some attractive football, and you know what? They have some shocking results, but at the end of the day, uh, they got it over the line. They're in the Champions League again next season. So, you know, we can kind of suck on that. And <laughs> Liverpool, they've, they've got three players in double-digit totals for goals. Yeah, you know what? They concede a whole lot. Um, they've actually conceded more goals than any team in the top five. Um but they can go score, and they've got uh, you know a great player in Salah who will be great to see if he can kind of replicate this season, next season. But they're going to get Navi Ketia coming in. Uh, they've been linked with uh, Fakir. Um, they've they've also you know, come up with the Allison rumors for goalkeeper. Like this is a team that's ready to continue their resurgence and kind of their rebirth. And from a, a strategy, from coaching, from players and personnel. I mean, you could argue that we have a better, you know, better names on the team sheet compared to Tottenham, but do they play as well together and put together the same end results? Not right now. It, it's, you know, we, we are exactly where we, we should be. Um, and, you know, you, you could even argue that, like, I you know, even though Arsenal lost today, they've been playing some more attractive football and, and, and doing well. And, I mean, Burnley have been this incredible story this season from you know their their ability to defend like i i think we are sitting appropriately where we should be based upon who we are as a team right now well my i don't know what you want Sorry, to call Brandon. i know i know i know you came in with this whole like they're not better than us but no, they're I, not. I, I, I you just, didn't change my mind but that's okay <laughs> what happened is my buddy just sent me a text from ESPN FC saying uh, Huddersfield canceled their flight home to get a party bus. Like that, oh. like that's what we did today, and we had to watch them celebrate yep. on our on our field on our pitch, like they won the league. But they did for them, and that that sucks. Um, we at Frank Lavasco nine and at Craig Ledoux both saying, should we care about the FA Cup? Is it a priority over the possibility of top four from Craig? And I don't know if it is a priority because the rota- he asked, was it really necessary to rest players? I don't think that he rotated today with the FA Cup final in mind, right? Like 
This is no. squeaky time of the season. You need maximum God, points, right? Like, yeah, you oh, should be God, going yeah. out saying, I need my best players uh, and run them to the end until they're exhausted. Sub them in the 70th minute if you have to. Uh, but you don't start with, you know, our B-plus rotation players that, you know, couldn't carry their weight in, in today. I don't know. I mean, I'm just wondering, Brandon, what what type of grading curve do you use there? I'm just really curious <laughs> that it started off at a B plus. I, I mean, look, I mean, a Fabregas in a two man midfielder is a bit of a handicap, but like Pedro, I mean, these are these are really really good players. They're not performing. I'm not going to defend that. They're not clicking. But like most any other team would take them, and and until Chelsea really shift their transfer policy to go after younger players that are kind of ready to break through versus. Oh hey, you had your prime at another club. We're gonna sign you for your experience because now you're 28, 29, 30. Like that's just the situation we're in. But what about the priority of the FA Cup? I mean, I don't think today's result and lineup and anything had anything to do with that. No, not at all. No, I I, I think um, as of now, I, I think you, we have to win the FA Cup. Not only just because it is the FA Cup and it's Jose, but. We need to finish this season on, on on something positive. Now, you know, whether it's Emma Hayes or Jody Morris combining to manage the squad because they know how to win FA Cups, um, I, I might be all for that. But, uh, yeah, you know, um, God, I, I don't think I could go through the summer having, you know, losing – you know, a poor game to United. Well, yeah, obviously we need some momentum for summer signings going into the summer. You know, like we, that that's a must. Yeah, you, you don't want the uh, gasoline freshly poured and lit on the dumpster fire and then to tell people that it's a really <laughs> safe place to go and you should uh, you should want to come and hang out in front of it. Um, bring your marshmallows. Winning the FA. Yeah, bring your, bring your marshmallows, make some s'mores uh, and uh, enjoy the uh the, the fumes um, make you feel really good. And I mean, that that's, it's just not a good position to be in. Uh, we should go hard at the FA cup. Uh, I mean, Lukaku is still out injured. He probably be back for that game. Um, but you know, uh, Antonio Conte does not do well in head to head kind of cup games and cup finals. So hopefully he can uh, break one of his personal records this season and uh, that that would be quite fantastic. But again, I mean, top four is um, down from fourteen percent to about two percent uh, in just a few days' time, and that's uh, quite uh, quite sad. Liverpool just I don't know collapse uh, no. No, something. Brighton. Come on, I just want you to <laughs> massive collapse. That would be crazy. But anyways, um, any other thoughts that we didn't touch on at this point? I mean, honestly, we really didn't touch upon much of the game at all because why the hell would we? At uh, loyal underscore CFC underscore UT, Kendall saying, what else really sucks is watching Costa score today too. Yeah, I mean, that was always going to happen. You just had to have known that. The second January hit, he was going to be off and running. But uh, anything else, Mike, that you know you want to touch on that I purposely left out? Uh, no, you know, besides, you know, my, my complete shock at our, our draw today, I, you know, I felt that... Th- things were going to align and that we were going to wait till the 90th minute against Newcastle to let it all fade away. But, um, I just did not see this, this happening. 
Well, hey, now now you can really enjoy uh, Mother's Day uh, with your <laughs> wife and your child, yeah, yeah. and and have the appropriate focus on on that day. Uh, Brandon and I can uh, not be uh, individuals that are shamed and shunned by our family uh, for not going to brunch or dinner. Uh, so it's it's really actually, I mean, Chelsea are just doing us all a wonderful service for this upcoming Sunday. I know, and and hey, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh you know Hudson Adoy and Fran Kirby starting the match for us. Yeah, there, there will be no youth player who gets a chance <laughs> to go that lineup. The the only Chelsea youth player that would potentially be on that field because it, the manager actually would want to play him is Kennedy, uh, but he can't. So obviously yeah. didn't want him that bad. So anyways, we didn't run a man of the match poll. I mean, honestly, what would you guys have said about that anyways? So you know, cut our losses before the, the, we do the, it. The joke answer would have been Alonzo's nose, FYI. I figure you would have put Lee Mason, but... Um, anyways, yeah. the table is what it is. Uh, long story short, Liverpool are now down to fourth on 72 points. Uh, Chelsea are uh, in fifth on 70 points. So, essentially, with the goal difference, Liverpool just need one point to secure top four. Uh, so, Chelsea absolutely need them to lose to Brighton, who are on the proverbial beach in 14th place. Uh, and they've only won one of their last five. So there's that. Um, yeah. Yep. There, there it is. Uh, anyways, uh, as we move on, um, Dan, with his cheeky little tweet after the match, instead of a man of the match poll, decided to put a funny little tweet out saying, hello, darkness, my old friend, we're competing in Europa League again. And again, you're, ju- you're jumping the boat on this. There's a match left. There's two to three yeah, percent hope. I, I, I'm I'm banking <laughs> on the the ninety eight percent probability that we're locked into fifth place. So, um, you know, uh, stranger things have happened. Um, but you know that that is, oh, man, it's going to be some exciting times playing against the Turkish champions and uh, more teams from Russia. And um, exactly, really Jeff excited. Boston on Instagram saying, if we make the Europa League finals, will you guys do a live pod from Baku? Hell yeah, we'll talk at the XL Tours. We'll get that lined up. Why wouldn't we? Oh, no one else. Okay, never mind. Just oh, me. Oh, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> you know I'm there. All right. Start start the visa process now. Seriously. At Fly the Blue Flag, Jeremy saying, with the Europa League certain and a, quotes, rebuild in U.S. terms, do we sell high on multiple players and go youth route with our youth and a few others? Do we try to overwhelm with what we have? I personally think Chelsea are going to act like they're in the Champions League, buy like they're in the Champions League, get a coach as if they're in the Champions League to prepare for the following season, 1920, when we are back in it. Uh, that is what I think Chelsea are going to do. I don't think they're, they're too big of a club with too much money and partnerships that if they don't sign big names and they don't play well on the field, they're going to lose their commercial value, Dan. Yeah, it's a really interesting kind of wrinkle to it as well. And, you know, ultimately you you need to, it's one of those, you have to spend money to make money scenarios. And, you know, as much as the, you know, the club still is run uh, for a, not necessarily a for-profit. I mean, it's not really a a for-profit organization. It is, is run to produce trophies. And for a couple of our teams this season, our youth teams and our women's teams, respectively, uh, respectively, they they did win trophies, and a lot of them. It's just the first team is the one, and again, uh, asterisks being if they win the FA Cup, um, that that didn't come through on it, and it sucks. And the bigger kind of knock would eventually be is if we spent 
two seasons or three seasons out of the Champions League that we would really um, struggle to regain any type of ground that uh, Liverpool or Tottenham uh, are potentially gaining because of their prominence in the Champions League um, and their access to kind of more eyeballs than we'll potentially have in some of our Europa League games next season. Uh, And hell, hell, you know what? We can win it, which would be phenomenal. Uh, I mean, there is potentially the benefit of getting to see some youth players, depending upon the manager who comes in. So it won't be all terrible. It's just not the ideal situation. And there's going to be ramifications because of it. And uh, whether that means uh, selling a player or two, uh, that that could happen. But it also is going to depend upon that player wants to be sold or is at, at a point in their contract where... Uh, it is more advantageous for us to sell them because they're not going to sign or resign for Chelsea, a la a you know Courtois you know situation. You know if he hits the you have less than a year to go, um, Chelsea will sell them. They're not they're not going to let anyone walk away for free. That that is absolutely the opposite of how this player the player management piece runs for Chelsea. So yeah, that's uh. It, it, man, it's 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 all just a mess. <laughs> you can't you can't so take steps back. I mean, Mike, you can't you can't say, oh, you know, we're not a big club anymore. Roman has spent way too much money. Chelsea won way too many trophies to to take that mentality. I think you can rebuild, Jeremy, but it, you're going to rebuild like freaking champions in a European powerhouse. That to me, Mike, is how Chelsea are going to go about this. Yeah, I, I would agree, and I, and I think a lot of uh, people are are kind of in the same boat with Jeremy. I mean, we're looking at this and I think we're all praying and hoping that this is, you know, what, what, you know, what the German national team did after crashing out of the 2000, you know, euros and you step back, you rebuild, you know, you, you, you focus on all the things that have gone wrong. I just, you know, there's part of me that while I'm the eternal optimist, uh, I was hoping that 1516 was our rock bottom. Um, and you know, I think, I think we're going to continue, you know, to build. We can't, um, you know, it does make me sad to know, Dan, that you're telling me that Danny Drinkwater won't be <laughs> in London with us next season, but, um, uh, no, he'll, he'll just probably be at, uh, West Ham United. So, I mean, that yeah. would, uh, yeah, I mean, and I'm sure he'll have a phenomenal season, you know, when he actually gets to touch the grass. Well, I mean, thankfully, fifteen sixteen at this point was the bottom of the barrel for us. Um, you know, we're we're a ways off that, thankfully. But let's go ahead and uh, move on to social media question. But before that, again, Dan, uh, just another quick friendly plug for World Soccer Shop social media profiles. Give them a follow? Question mark. Yeah, they've been posting a lot of cool stuff for the build-up to the World Cup. Uh, again, revisiting open wounds. But you know what? It's been cool to see some of the stuff they've been doing with all the the national team kits. And you know what? You're going to watch the World Cup. Why not figure out who you're going to root for? Is it a player on Chelsea's current team and their nation? Is it another nation like Nick has adopted Iceland for some weird reason? Um, I don't know. But you know what? You're not going to find out what those new kits look like uh, if you don't follow World Soccer Shop on Instagram or Twitter or on Facebook. So you should go do that now. Yep. Also, We're all doing Also, it. London Blue Pod will get you the discount as well. So, all right. First one, we had uh, at Jared Andre 3 saying, can you really put the loss on Conte? Players had plenty of chances but didn't finish. It's been poor finishing all year that's cost us. After seeing him not show up and, to be fair, not getting much service tonight, 
Are you done with Murata or do you give him another year with a new manager? Mike, what's uh I guess we haven't really heard your opinion on on um, helmet hair this season. We've pretty much oh, the rest of us have gone around and given our opinion. What do you think? I, I, I can't see us selling him. Um, you know, I, I'm I'd be willing to give him another season just because, you know, you look at, you know, Drogba didn't have a great first year with us. I think um, put in different positions or with with, you know, corrections we could have made to the squad, you know, credit credit to Alvaro for the run he made. Um, I think it was like in the 30th or the 40th minute. He cut that ball right across the goal mouth. You know, had he been at Juve or Real, somebody would have charged through the center and, and tapped it in. Um, and I think I'm willing to give him a little bit longer. I think for me, the hardest part is just it's the heart and the fight that you see in Giroud that you don't see in Murata. And and I, I'd like to think that maybe his back injury was worse than it was. And, you know, maybe I'll give him another year. You know, he's a male model. All right. Well, we can see what happens. I mean, I'm, I'm on the same page. You know, give him, give him another full season. He had some injuries uh, halfway through. We'll see what he had. Uh, Dan, coming to you for a year of Eden at 38 Blues. Our buddy Corey saying, is Eden really having a good year? What other players have similar stats as Eden Hazard and got little or nowhere near the support he does? Obviously, he's being sarcastic in the sense that he really doesn't think Eden's having that great of a year. Yeah, I, not not his best year. I mean, you know, he started the season injured, and that was not really a good situation to kind of be in with uh, the injury sustained while while training for Belgium. And the gift of Roberto Martinez continues to give uh, in many ways, shapes, and forms through punditry and national team coaching or being the boss of Everton. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think that, you know, he has a good point, though, that you know, the, the, the service and the distribution and getting the ball in the right position has not been great often. And this is a good example of match where you kind of get let down by uh, what, you know, you're putting out. And this is where, from a talent perspective and recruitment, like Eden needs players around him that it's going to be hard to get people who are at his level, um, but people who are closer to the proximity of his level than some of the astral bodies floating around him right now. Like he is our son on the pitch and other players rotate around him and they, they need to understand their kind of role and their place in, in helping him excel. And that's, uh, that's about it. We would have be very unfortunate to lose him, but uh, you know, he seems to be uh, again in the press right now talking about how happy he is uh, at Chelsea and how he doesn't need champions league football. And those are all the words you want to hear. Um, it's probably the only comforting kind of like uh, uh, Eden Hazard transfer pillow talk that you're going to get uh, between now and the start of the world cup. And hopefully at some point we, uh, we announce an extension for him. All right. How about this one? Number nine cursed at uh, M Rossell 16 on Instagram saying, what will it take to finally convince the board to prevent any other player from taking the number nine Jersey hashtag forever cursed Mike. Uh, ridiculous. This is. Yeah, I, I got to agree. I, I don't think Murata's had the best year, but 15 goals isn't forever cursed. I think, I think we expected too much from him early on. And I think that injury did, um, did really impact his play as well as some confidence, but I'm not ready to, uh, 
I guess, kick him out the the proverbial door. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, that's fair. Like I said, it's just a number. Come on now, people. Like, it's not real. Uh, Dan, (laughs) Europa League benefits at XJ Marsh saying, could missing out on the Champions League be a blessing in disguise? I'm hinting at an even more eternal optimist than you and I, Mike. He goes on to say, a comp like the Europa League or focusing on just the Premier League might be helpful to build confidence and form uh, for money, players like Murata and Bakayoko, as well as give Ruben, Tammy Abraham, and or other youth players, loners, chances as well. Oh boy. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I think there are 30 million reasons why um, it is not a real benefit. Um we can find uh, for players who are interested in going on loans and being successful, uh, a la Mason Mount or Van Ginkle or Christensen, uh, loans that do work, uh, Jay De Silva. Um, so some of the players that we're talking about, like you know Abraham, I don't know if, you know, when get, scoring goals is the problem and we need to find someone who is capable of scoring uh, anywhere between uh, the high teens to... Uh, 30s from a goal total every season. Uh, don't expect Tammy Abraham to be leading the line quite often, even with Europa League. Um, I mean, may- maybe I don't know. I mean, it's going to depend upon the the manager as well. So it's it's hard to project that far in advance. Like I think we're going to need to take a couple weeks at the end of the season, see what happens within a, a managerial appointment before the World Cup, and then make a determination. And then we can start doing the hey, what's you know. Um, new manager X is, you know, potential starting 11 going to be, um, you know, who are we going to sign or not sign? And there could be benefits, but they're not as good as being in the champions league. Yeah. Just, uh, not exactly the friends of benefits we're looking for, Eric. Sorry about that. Uh, then lastly, we have managers at J. Oh man, come on, Jordy. I don't know how to say your last name. I apologize. Uh, which potential manager would you like to see come through? In my opinion, sorry, probably fixes this toothless team at Bayou City Blues responding hashtag Conte in. Mike, I mean, we've obviously had this podcast with Tweed's in-depth look at managers and technical directors, sporting directors, whatever you want to call it. Um, we started to pick up some form. Conte seemed to be a little bit happier. But it's all seemed to have fallen apart yet again in the 11th hour. So what do you think from a manager standpoint, uh, if you even have an opinion? Um, I, I don't think there's a chance that Conte will be here next season. Um, as much as we loved him and, and things went well last last year. Um, you know, to be honest, I don't. I don't know how we truly fix things without having a manager who's in lockstep uh, and, and has the full support of the board. Um, and until we can kind of fix that equation, uh, I think we're going to have small changes and, and good things, but I, I don't think we're going to be in, in where we need to be. So be it sorry or Tuchel or whoever else we can get. I, I don't know. I have hope, but it's waning no worries. I mean, I, I I really am not overly impressed with the pool of candidates. Dan is kind of funny. Uh, you know, people always say that Chelsea, you know, like big tournaments to see what managers on a, on a big scene and spotlight can can do with their with their national teams. Who knows? Roberto Mar- Martinez takes the Belgian team really far. That would be good for all of our Belgian contingent. 
No, no. Fuck yeah, no. It, no, it, absolutely it, it not. hurt saying it. Yeah. Yeah, you, you should you should be ashamed. Uh, we should never speak at this moment again. Um, I'm so glad Nick is here is not I here do it for the clicks. It. And uh, yeah. yeah, we should move on. All right. Yep. Anyways, that is going to wrap up part two. So part three, we just want to remind everyone, Dan, uh, go check out our social media. We are starting to you know put out some content. Uh, some teasers of a really exciting project we did at Cobham when we were back there in London. Yeah, you you, you listened to 53 minutes of us talking about a, a awful match, and uh, you should be awarded you know, rewarded for that. Uh, rewarded by getting to go check out our social channels uh, at London Blue Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. They're great. Uh, Mike does awesome graphics on our Instagram page, and we do uh, funny little phrases and uh, tons of great gift work on our Twitter account. Don't know who does those, Brandon, but <laughs> that guy must be pretty, pretty cool. And you should follow us. So uh, go do that. Reward yourself with uh, maybe a little laugh. Uh, a little bit of enjoyment today um, in what otherwise is a, uh, a somber, uh, cathartic moment that we hopefully have taken you through on this podcast today. Yeah. So anyways, as we wrap this one up, we do just have to end it with looking ahead at the last Premier League match of the season. I can't believe that this long season is already over. Uh, obviously, it's ending a little bit early because of the World Cup. But um, I'm going to be sad to see it go, even even the way it has been. I loved having the rhythm and the excuse, you know, once a week, sometimes twice or three times to watch Chelsea. But it will be Newcastle United away at St. James's Park. It'll be this coming Sunday, May 13th, a.k.a. Mother's Day for us in the U.S. So, you know, we always talk about you need a doctor's note for midweek games. You really need to finesse this one, all right, if you're in the U.S. Make sure you don't get, you know, extradited from the family on this one. You need to work ahead. Brandon, I, so I, I have the plan. I have the plan. I'm going to lay it out All here right. for anyone who's looking it. to figure it out. So depending on your time zone, you just need to pick the restaurant that <laughs> does not have a reservation available at the time that the match is going on. So you think about in Eastern time, you know, you're going to look at potentially, you know, a, a brunch opportunity, right? And so you're just going to brunch or lunch. So then you have to find out, oh man, I couldn't do brunch or lunch, but I did find us a dinner option. Um, and then like, you're looking at a breakfast option, um, or early brunch, um, and the West coast, you should do the exact same thing. Hey, I got us a really nice reservation for an early lunch at this really great restaurant. And that's how you sell it and you're done. And you can watch this game in peace before you have to go and do the festivities. There you go. I mean, I can see how it works. Um, it's going to be... Yeah, it's, it's going to be tense for some people, but we believe in you. Let us know how you got around it, how you made it work. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, at QuickShotCFC on Instagram saying, we have to beat Newcastle away, which is our biggest bogey away game. And Liverpool has to lose against a team who doesn't give an F. So there's a chance, question mark? And at Rue Phillips saying, what changes need to be made for Sunday's match? Well, I can tell you what changes don't need to be made. I think all of us can tell you what changes don't need to be made. But instead of dwelling on the negativity, Mike uh, Kennedy, who has been on loan there and been crushing it, he actually won uh, Player of the Month in April for Newcastle. Uh, Benita is even talking about the fact that Kennedy is a player that we like. He has been doing very well. We have to wait and come back to talk to, to Chelsea about his future, end quote. And then he said that because Chelsea specifically didn't give them an automatic buy option on his loan. Uh, so it sounds like Chelsea are interested in him. We won't have to play against him, obviously, per terms of the loan. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, for once, you know, we still have a, a young player that has it's seemingly, you know, good interest from across Europe. I think I've seen Bayern and, you know, uh, PSG have interest in him. To be fair, um, I don't buy that, though. That's a massive overshot. Yeah, you know, I, I would agree with you. But you know what? We spend so much money sometimes that it might be worth to at least make it through the summer, to, you know. I don't want to make any decisions until we have a new manager, you know? Definitely. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's it's tough looking at pictures from, you know, at the beginning of the season. And, you know, you see, I saw a picture of Masanda and Mitchie and, you know, Kennedy. And it, it just, it feels like a really long year, a really long season, you know? And at this point, I think I have not dropped as many F-bombs as I'm sure Nick would have, but... Uh, yeah, I it just, I think it's taken everything out of me. Don't even worry um, about it. You brought the beard yeah. game with you, which is important. <laughs> we have the quota on the beard. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dan, the last time we played Newcastle was a 3-1 win at Stanford Bridge. Do you remember that by chance, maybe? Uh, hmm. Interesting. I do I remember? Yeah, you know, we were there. Oh yeah, we were there. We were there. It, it was a great that win. That was a great day. That was a great day out. Actually, the company was crap, but you know, <laughs> it was sunny, which was amazing. Um, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, if he can tan, Newcastle have lost four to their last five. Ironically, beating Arsenal two one. Um, they did well today against Spurs, though, even though they lost one nothing. You know, if you look at the form guy, Chelsea look like on paper they should wash the floor with Newcastle. But, you know, we just know that that's not going to be the case, is it? No. It's going to suck. Um, yeah, St. James's Park has not been the best of grounds for Chelsea to go play. Um, You'd hope that they end the season on a really strong note. And yeah, yeah and you hope and Hazard uh, and Drew start the match. So, I mean, I would expect to see a full force lineup. And, you know, I think ultimately um, it's about pride now. You know, you're, you're pretty locked into fifth place unless somehow Brighton are just the the savior of all saviors and have the flukiest game in the world and, and somehow end up beating Liverpool. Um so, I mean, you need to win to keep any speck of hope alive. Um, but, you know, just do it for pride, do it for the fans, do it for the supporters, and go out and crush it. Nobody wants to lose to the fat Spanish waiter, so the team has to turn up. And so that's what we're expecting out of them and everyone. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Obviously, a huge shout-out to Mike uh, for crushing his first episode with us. I'm sure you'll be on plenty more. So thank you, sir, for joining. It's been a pleasure. And thanks, guys. Uh, I wish it had been on better terms, but, you know, I'm here. Thankfully, it's not <laughs> your fault, so we won't blame you on that. Uh, Dan, eh, you know, you showed up like usual. It was great to have you. We appreciate you as well. Don't feel neglected. No, I, I, you know, just like some of the players on the lineup. You know, it's uh, you come in and you, uh, you're just there. And, uh, you know, I, I think the, uh, the, the one cool thing that I saw this week um, – mentioned him briefly earlier but jada silva won um charleston's uh player of the year um and the quote from his manager uh there right now um it was something to the effect of that he looks like a young ashley cole 
and uh, probably better than Ashley at this age. And he's short comparatively, and potentially that's what the club may or may not see on paper, but this guy has gotten a ton of accolades, has gotten really great praise, has a great you know videotape behind it too. So, uh, you know, you want to feel really good about the future, maybe go check out uh, the old Jaded Silva um you know, kind of cut tape there and see some of his cool action this season. Oh, it's good for him. Obviously, big time. We need to get him into the Premier League, see how he cuts it there. But anyways, that'll do it for us this week at Chelsea Fans. Thank you. Thank you for joining us twice in one week. We really do appreciate it. And like you said, we have one more Premier League match coming up this Sunday. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. If you don't want the conversation to stop... Make sure to follow the London is Blue podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to support the pod, you can leave a five-star review in iTunes or donate on Patreon.com. The London is Blue podcast, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com.